Good morning, everyone. Today is a special Sunday baptism service, so we are excited later on. Um, in just a moment, I'm going to give a brief message, and then we are going to have people come forward and get baptized. There are seven people signed up so far to get baptized, which is exciting, and, um, and we'll, see, uh, we'll see how the Spirit leads and if any other people decide to uh, go in. So at least there's some who prepared, and uh, others we'll see you might end up in this water. But it's heated, so it's nice. Um, anyways, we have a, a great morning ahead of us. This morning at the first service, uh, I gave a, a longer version of this short little sermonette that I guess I'll give right now. So if you want a fuller teaching on this section that we're going to look at in Acts chapter 22, you can go back and listen to the first service. There's probably some repeat people who heard the first message and you're just coming because you want to see baptisms. And that's a good thing because it is a special day to gather. Um, so with your Bible, open them up to Acts chapter 22. And we're going to make our way down to a particular verse that I want to draw your attention here this morning. It's Acts chapter 2, verse 16, and we'll get there. Um, but before, I kind of want to set the stage of this story. Um, you know, the book of Acts was written by Luke, and it chronicles the works of the Holy Spirit in the early church. And we know that the Spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost. This was after Jesus had resurrected and ascended back to heaven. And it all, you know, was there in Jerusalem with 120 disciples that were in an upper room where the Spirit of God came down upon them. And then Peter got up and he preached a sermon and 3,000 people got added to that church that first day. And, you know, when Jesus... Um, had resurrected, and before he ascended, he said for us to go and make to go and make disciples, to go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as he told us to go into the nations, he said, "You'll go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth." And so here we are in Palos Verdes, California, in 2023, and the gospel has made its way here. Amen. And the Spirit of God is here in the same way that He was working and moving in the early church, transforming lives. And there is one person's life who was transformed by the power of the gospel uh, by coming to know Jesus as Savior, and that is the Apostle Paul. And we read the writings of the Apostle Paul so often. He was an amazing uh, vessel of God as the Spirit inspired him to write Scripture. And I, I love what one apostle, the Apostle Peter says about Paul, he says, you know, there's some things that Paul writes that are hard to understand, and I've always loved that verse, but, you know, God had a special calling upon Paul's life, and we just finished reading and studying First and Second Thessalonians, and um, just amazing instruction for us, but we forget Paul's testimony sometimes, that before he became a Christian and was used by God to, you know, write the things that now instruct us about the gospel, is that he was persecuting the way of Jesus. Before he became a Christian, he was killing Christians. And we sometimes forget that or take that for granted. And so Paul had been saved and had been going on these missionary travels all over the place. 
Um, he had been called as an apostle to the Gentiles, taking the good news of Jesus Christ to those who were far off. And we know that Paul was a man who at one point was far off from God. But what God loves to do is he loves to bring people near. And that is what um, we see happen with, with people who come to Jesus, reconciled the, by the blood of Jesus, brought near to God. And, and Paul was traveling, but he decided to make his way back to Jerusalem. And I'm going to set the stage before we get to Acts chapter 22. But before he got to Jerusalem, he was in a city called Caesarea. And there was a prophet that came there named Agabus, and he did this you know, prop illustration, tied himself up with a belt, and said, the person who owns this belt is going to be bound um, by the Jews and handed over to the Gentiles. And everybody's crying because they know that it's Paul that he's talking about. And Paul says, you know what, I will, um, I will go to Jerusalem and I will even lay down my life for Jesus. And, and so he said, don't break my heart, stop crying, I'm going to go. And we know that Paul went. He left Caesarea, he went to Jerusalem, and he there met up with James, one of the apostles. We're going to actually study his letter next Sunday uh, as we'll make our way back through a book verse by verse. But he was talking to James, and there was some rumors that were going around about Paul that he had, um, you know, was that he was defying the laws of Moses, that he was going against the, the religion of Judaism and by preaching the way of Jesus. And, and Paul wanted nothing more than to see Jews come to know their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And yet Paul was a man who went to reach Gentiles, non-Jewish people. And when he came back to Jerusalem and he saw his Jewish brethren, he wanted to show, no, I am one of you. I am a Jew. And so he went and he goes to the temple and he follows this purification ritual with a couple of guys there in the temple, demonstrating that he is a Jewish man who believes in Jesus Christ as his Messiah. But there had been these accusations saying that Paul was teaching a different way. And, and, um, and the reason why the Jews believe this is because Israel believes that God is one, right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But, but we see in the person of Jesus Christ that God became flesh. And this was a stumbling block for the Jews. And yet... It is the way that God chose to save us in that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die on a cross for our sins, for the sins of the world. And he was buried and he rose from the dead and his claims were, were backed and validated. God said, this is my son. And so Jesus is fully God and fully man. And one of the ways that I love that this is demonstrated, that God is one and yet there are three persons within this Godhead, is that Jesus' baptism. You guys know that Jesus got baptized, right? He got baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John. And he was there one day and, and, and you know, Jesus is like, all right, John, you're going to baptize me. And John's like, no way, you're going to baptize me. <laughs> But Jesus insisted, saying, you have to baptize me because this is my way of identifying with mankind. You know, baptism existed before, uh, before Jesus came. And in the same way that there were those purification rites that Paul was doing in the temple, Jesus sort of did it almost like a purification rite, but Jesus transformed baptism. Because what baptism shows is it shows the death, 
burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And for whoever gets baptized, it is us stating publicly that we are united in a death like his, and we're united in a resurrection like his. And so remember the scene of his baptism? Jesus goes into the water, and he comes out, and then the heavens open, and the Spirit of God descends upon him and rests and remains upon him. And the Father speaks audibly from heaven. He says, this is my beloved Son. In him I am well pleased. And in that moment, we see God who is one, who is also the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus told us to baptize, he said, baptize in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. But look, there were some Jews who didn't believe that God could become a man who didn't believe that the Holy Spirit could come and dwell inside of people. And so they dragged Paul out of the temple, and they began to beat him. And as they were beating him, the Romans came and broke the fight up. Well, Paul wasn't fighting back, but you know what I mean. They, were, they, they, they broke it up, and they arrested Paul. They bound him just as Agabus had prophesied. And they crowd surf Paul out of the place because it was so thick and everyone's trying to rip his limbs apart. And they get up and, and they're on the barracks and they're on these steps and so there's this huge crowd overlooking what's uh, overlooking that Paul's looking upon. And we read in Acts chapter 21 starting in verse 27. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, may I say something to you? And he said this in the Greek language, and he said, do you know Greek? And then he says to him, are you not the Egyptian then, who recently stirred up a revolt and led 4,000 men of the assassins out into the wilderness? You're like, what are they talking about? There were these rumors being spread about Paul that were not true. And Paul replied, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city, saying, I'm not just a Jew, I'm also a Roman citizen, thank you very much. <laughs> And he said, I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. And when he was given permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motions with his hands to the people. And when there was a great hush, he addressed them in the Hebrew language. And so Paul is before this crowd that just wanted to kill him. And he's preaching to them. He wants to say something to them. And he says it in Hebrew. And this is what Paul says. Brothers and fathers. Hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. So you just have to imagine this super loud, aggressive crowd all of a sudden just completely silent to where they can hear Paul speak from these steps. And he's, he's speaking to them in Hebrew. He says, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are here this day. He's saying, these are my credentials. And everyone's like, wow, this guy's, this guy's got some background. Gamaliel was like the rabbi of rabbis in those days. And Paul learned under him. And he says, I persecuted this way to death. He's saying, I was just like you. I hated the way of Jesus. I wanted to destroy it, binding and delivering to prison both men and women as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them, I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those 
also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. He's saying, I used to travel. I used to take notes from the elder council, and I would go to house churches, and I would tear people out of those gatherings, and I'd arrest them, and I would bring them to Jerusalem to be punished. He's like, I was just like you. And then Jesus came. And Jesus met Paul in verse 6. We hear Paul's testimony as he was going en route to persecute Christians Jesus stops him on the way and calls him to himself. Verse 6 says, As I was on my way, I drew near to Damascus. About noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now, those who were with me saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus." You guys know what happened there, right? Saul encountered the, res- the resurrected Christ. He saw lights. He saw Jesus, and he heard a voice speaking to him. Now, those who were with him didn't hear the voice. They only saw that there was a, a, a big commotion going on, but they didn't understand what was going on. But Paul experienced a moment of salvation here when Jesus met him and called him. This was the point of contact where Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Which is interesting, you know, because in a sense, technically, Paul wasn't, was, was persecuting Christians. But this is the amazing thing about Jesus is that Jesus is so united to his people that if you're persecuting his people, you're persecuting him. And this is the other thing about baptism, is that it unites us to Christ. When you go into the water, you unite in a death like His, and when you come up out of the water, you unite in a resurrection like His. Baptism is our uniting to Jesus and saying, everything that is of Jesus is of me as well. And Jesus identifies with His people, and that's a way for you to do that. So Saul's led that day to this place in Damascus. And there, Jesus calls a man named Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by the Jews who lived there. And, and he came to Paul, and, and it says, he came to me standing by me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And that very hour, I received my sight and saw him. And he said, the God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one and hear a voice from his mouth. And that is a great description of salvation, to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth. You know, Jesus called himself the good shepherd, and he said, the sheep know me because they hear my voice. 
So if you have heard the voice of Jesus calling you to follow him, if you have seen him as the righteous one, because you, you are a sinner and you cannot attain righteousness in yourself, you need a righteousness that is outside of you, and that is Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who by his death on, his, on the cross gave you his righteousness. You are now clothed in his righteousness. That is a great description of salvation. And in this moment, we see that Paul is saved. And in that salvation, he is given instructions of what he then needs to do. This is what we read in verse 16. Ananias says, And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. And we read in Acts chapter 9 that immediately Paul did rise. And in some water, he was baptized. And in that baptism, it was a demonstration that his sins were washed away. Why? Because he called upon the name of Jesus. You see, if you call upon the name of Jesus and you believe in him, your sins are washed away. And so washing away your sins is connected to calling upon the name of Jesus. So if you've called upon the name of Jesus, your sins have been washed away. And so what are you waiting for? Rise, get up, and be baptized, is what he says. Amen? And so there are seven people here who have seen the righteous one. They have seen Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they have had their sins washed away because of his sacrifice on the cross. And they're going to get in this water right now, and they're going to demonstrate it to all of us. They're going to declare, amen. Yeah. They're going to declare with faith that they are united with Jesus, that they've seen the righteous one, that they've heard his voice. And, uh, and we all get to experience this together. Does that sound good? All right, I'm going to invite the worship team up. We're going to pray, and, uh, and we're going to get right to it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for the blessing of baptism. God, I pray right now as we uh, get to experience this beautiful moment, Lord, we ask that in, in a certain measure there would be like what happened on that day when you were baptized, Jesus. That the Spirit would be present and moving upon us. That the Father would be speaking and saying, oh, I'm well pleased with this. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the righteous one. We have seen you. We have heard your voice. And we're responding to it through baptism. So we're going to rise right now. We're going to see people get baptized, and we're going to rejoice in this place. Amen.